Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to today's episode of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. We're going to be spending much of today's program looking back at the life and career of the now late coach of the Utah Jazz, Jerry Sloan. I want to tell you a quick story first, and it uh, stems from a road trip I took in July of last year. I got a phone call from one of the bosses here at KSL. This is when I was working in Washington, D.C. That phone call, the topic of the discussion was the possibility of me coming back here to Utah to host this very radio program. We had a quick back and forth, and it was really preliminary, just seeing if we all might be able to someday again work together, and it ultimately set me on the path which leads you and I to be chatting here today. But it got my wheels turning, and it got me thinking about if I were to someday become a talk show host, specifically here in this beautiful state of Utah, what would be my goals? What would be the guiding principles of the program? What would I hope to accomplish if I were to be given this responsibility. And so I went on a road trip. I was by myself, and I made my way through Pennsylvania, pulling over once on the banks of the Susquehanna River. Uh, those with a, an understanding of the history of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will know that that uh, river plays a, a special part in the history of the church. And I pulled over to do some thinking. I pulled out a notepad and a pen, and I started to write down an outline for what I hoped to create as a talk show host, the, the themes and principles that would guide my efforts. And there were some promises that I made to myself uh, that I would extend to you, that we will together, you and I, uh, as we go through this experiment of uh, hosting a talk show here together, we will do a number of things. Number one, when there is reason to celebrate, we will celebrate together. When the politicians get sideways, you and I will call them out together. And when there is reason to mourn, you and I will gather together and mourn here on this radio program. And today, uh, it breaks my heart that we are together here mourning. I am happy to do so with you, and I hope to honor the memory of Coach Sloan today as we look back on his career and what he gave not only to this community and this team of the Utah Jazz, uh, but to the NBA at large and to all of those who came in contact with his greatness. This morning when I learned of the passing of the great Coach Sloan, I thought of a, a number of people. I thought of the Miller family. I thought of many of the players who have uh, played under his tutelage. I thought of his own family, uh, many of whom uh, are still with us, his wife included, and some children, uh, and it broke my heart. And I also thought of KSL News Radio's own Alex Keery. In terms of sports, he has shaped my understanding of things for, for many, many years. Uh, he is absolutely dialed in. The sports director, in fact, is his position here at KSL News Radio, as well as being uh, the host of so many uh, great radio programs. Right now, you hear him each night starting at 6 o'clock uh, hosting the Nightside Project, and he will likely be uh, talking about Coach Sloan for the duration of that program tonight. I called him up this morning. 
and he and I had a conversation. And I asked him, first off, I said, uh, Alex, what's your reaction to the news of this morning? So I'll just give you some uh, of the the info we were getting. There's the there there were the tweets that that uh, that that Carl Malone sent out. Hey, pray for Coach. He's he's not doing real well. We've known that for a long time. So yesterday, I guess it would have been yesterday, we got a an email from uh, somebody within the organization that said, "Hey, um, this is not going. This is this is not going to last through the weekend." and Coach Sloan will likely, you know, not not last through the weekend. And so we were on high alert. But then at the same time, you kind of, you know, you have to, it's not like you run stuff that you, you know, you don't have the the, the real story on or that, that he had, you know, I think everybody had been waiting. The, the worst part about all this, Lee, has been to see how much has deteriorated and how much we wanted to hear from him. And we just couldn't. He, Alex there mentioned the deterioration. The good coach had for a long time been suffering uh, from some serious health challenges, Parkinson's disease and Lewy body dementia. Uh, that, coincidentally, uh, were two of the uh, disorders uh, Robin Williams was suffering at the time he took his own life. My, my conversation with Alex this morning continued, and we looked at this documentary series, which has been airing on uh, TV for the last little while, the 10-part series, which looks at the Chicago Bulls run, uh, culminating in the 1998 uh, NBA championship. And I was embarrassed to, uh, to have forgotten that Jerry Sloan, before becoming a coach for the Utah Jazz, had a remarkably successful career as a player in the NBA himself. The original Bull, as call, as uh, he's been termed uh, by some, number four, the first jersey to be retired in Chicago. Uh, and we talked, Alex and I, a bit about this last dance, and I lamented the fact that we weren't able to hear more uh, from Jerry Sloan during the documentary series. I think a lot of people wanted to hear uh, coach's insight on it, but he'd been uh, unwell for a long time. And, you know, his family was kind of like, hey, give a lot, give us a lot of space. If people who did interact with him at, at, at games of the last, you know, uh, year or two when he did come, uh, I'm not sure when the last game that he actually went to was. I was at one where he came out. It was a very brief, like, okay, stand up. Uh, his wife's with him. His daughter was with him. And he looked around and you could tell like he's going, oh, this oh, this is for me, I guess. And and then he waved and they shuffled him right out. And and I remember everybody around us was just, you know, going, well, this is this is a sad thing to see the coach going through this. And anybody who's dealt with any sort of, you know, memory loss of beloved one, things like that, like these last little the last little while has been really tough, I think. And so the last dance leave has been difficult for a million people to watch, like or the tens of millions of people that have watched it and jazz fans. Alex and I continue talking about this and uh, what I'll do later on in the program, I'll continue sharing with you portions of this conversation. Alex Curie has some remarkable insight dating back to his time as an intern uh, and standing in the back of a, a locker room as Coach Sloan answered questions, be intimidated, try not to catch the eye of the coach who had a reputation of some real intensity uh, when it came to interacting with reporters, especially in the days of young Alex Curie, the intern. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to change time Topics and look for a time at this coronavirus. It turns out there is a small community here in the state of Utah which has thus far experienced zero cases of the coronavirus. Ephraim, Utah, how'd they pull it off? 
and what do they intend to do to make sure that they do not encounter the coronavirus in the future. We'll be speaking uh, with a friend of mine, Deseret News opinion writer Samuel Benson, who has covered this story. We'll get the details next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This segment and the next, we are going to dedicate to, at the same time, mourning and celebrating. We will, of course, mourn the loss of the great Jerry Sloan. What a giant of not only this community, uh, but of the sport, of the league, and of all of those who played for him and with him, with whom he worked. And we'll celebrate all of the excitement which made up the life that he lived, starting as a player for the Chicago Bulls, having his number, the number four hanging from the rafters, the first number ever retired in Chicago, the original Bull, two-time NBA All-Star, coached an Olympic basketball team, ultimately would come here to Utah and coach for 22 years. Now, I was never a player for, (laughs) for Coach Sloan. I never worked there alongside him. And so I'm going to step aside, and for the next uh, 10 minutes or so, we're going to hear from uh, men who worked for him and with him. We'll hear from Craig Bolajak, TV voice of the jazz and former KSL sports anchor. We're going to hear from Jazz Center, former Jazz Center Mark Eaton. And we'll hear from Thurl Big T Bailey, former Utah Jazz player. So let's get right to it. This morning, uh, as you know, Doug Wright on Fridays hosts the the movie show, and today, due to the uh, you know the, the the important nature of this day and the magnitude of the life lived by Jerry Sloan and the impact on this community, he dedicated much of his movie show today to looking back over the life of Jerry Sloan. He had a conversation with Craig Bolderjack, uh, and, and I want to share with you uh, a bit of that conversation now. First, the, the gentleman spoke about uh, Jerry Sloan's upbringing. I know it sounds funny, but call himself an old dirt farmer from McLeansboro, uh, Illinois. And in reality, he was the youngest of 10. He lost his dad at an early age, and it really forced him to scramble and to understand that things weren't going to be easy, that you had to have heart, that you had to work hard to achieve your goals. And that's the way he played the game, that's the way he coached, and that's the way he lived his life. Craig went on to describe Coach Sloan's personality. Even though he had this gruff persona and he beat up the officials and he probably rewrote the uh, the dictionary in, in four-letter words, <laughs> uh, 
He really had a heart of gold. He was a kind individual, but he also was a competitor. As he always told me, you know, Bowler, as I quote, you know, I want a player, and he'd pound his chest and say, I want him to have heart. And that was the most important thing to him. It wasn't stats. It wasn't analytics that we're very deep into today in the world of basketball and sports. He could tell if a player actually had what it took to be a top professional. And it was just to come out, put the uniform on, and and just go to work. Later on in the conversation, Mark Eaton joined former Jazz Center and talked about Coach Sloan's legacy. What everybody really appreciated about Jerry was his his commitment to doing it the right way, his integrity, the fact that you could count on him every single day to be the same guy. He was so consistent with what he believed and what he focused the team on. Then Mr. Eaton went on to discuss what Coach Sloan meant not only to us here in Utah, but to the sports world at large. In the crazy world of pro sports, he was like this solid anchor. You know, this mm-hmm. this guy from the heartland of America who grew up in a small farming community and just brought that down-home philosophy with his John Deere hat, you know, to the <laughs> surrealistic world of professional sports. And I think, especially here in Utah, I think that's what, that's what endeared him to everybody. And the fact that it worked, and he stayed with it, and the, everybody got behind that. And we're willing to say, yeah, Coach, we're going with you. Former Jazz player Thurl Big T Bailey got into the conversation as well and shared his thoughts on what he believed Coach Sloan's key to success was. Jerry was all business when it came to business. When it came to when when it was time for practice, when the arena was full and it was time to play, uh, that was the Jerry Sloan, the tough Jerry Sloan that knew he had a job to do and knew he had a team to coach, and that team better be ready because we've gone through all the preparations. We beat each other up, and now we've got to go take it out on somebody else. And that was the quintessential coach, business-like Jerry Sloan, who he talked about in his own words, I'm going to show up with my lunch pail and my hard hat. (laughs) Thurl then went on to share his most memorable and hardest moment with Coach Sloan. We went to dinner, invited me to dinner, just him and I, and there's some talk that you might be traded. Just wanted to be prepared if something happens that not, nobody surprises you. You're playing well, but you know, you know, just just know that you know I got your back and I'm not going to hide anything from you. And I really appreciated that as much as it hurt being traded from the Jazz when it happened, because I didn't really understand the business of basketball and the impact of that. It didn't it didn't really floor me like. Maybe it would have if I didn't know, if I didn't expect. And Jerry was truthful enough and, and trusted me enough to be able to, to give me kind of a heads up on that. But that's how he was. He had a big heart. That's a pretty cool thing. That's really cool. That is a, a very sensitive and delicate time in the career of a professional athlete uh, when there are rumors of maybe being traded, when you may have to uproot your family, move to a new city, maybe uh, be making a, a new income greater than or less than what you were making before. It's a time of uncertainty. Uh, a number of friends of mine have been through circumstances like that, and this point here for Coach Sloan to recognize that and be sensitive to it, uh, it speaks, I think, to the immensity of his character. Last comment to share here comes from Thurl, and it is his thoughts on Coach Sloan off the court. As a man, as a friend, with the team even away from the court, 
he was kind. He was a listener. He was a straight talker, straight shooter, never shooting you any kind of a bull. He was going to be straight up with you and honest. And if it came down to fighting you, but with Jerry, when it was done, it was done. And he forgot about it, and you moved on, and you were better for it, and your relationship was even more cemented because of it. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to comb through the statements and thoughts shared by various leaders of the state and well beyond former teammates and such of Coach Jerry Sloan, former teammates and players. A lot of people have a lot to say about the now late great Coach Sloan, and I'll share that all with you next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike as you and I together look back and look around us at the impact left by the life lived by Coach Jerry Sloan. This Last Dance documentary, which I have been absolutely obsessed with, you know, I've been, I've been watching it uh, episode by episode uh, while I do dishes each night. I prop the iPad up, I put the headphones in, and I'm scrubbing the dishes. And uh, I will tell you that I am very easily distracted, and it takes me a long time to get through the dishes, uh, but I'm absolutely glued to this documentary, in particular uh, the coverage uh, in the last two episodes. It's heartbreaking for us here in Utah to be reminded of the defeat at the hands of the Chicago Bulls in the NBA Finals those two years. But it was so wonderful to see uh, the class and the grace demonstrated by members of the Utah Jazz in those days. In particular, uh, you know, there's a scene where Carl Malone hops up onto the bus of the Chicago Bulls, marches back and gives Michael Jordan a big hug and whispers some words of encouragement into his ear. That doesn't happen. That type of grace and sportsmanship doesn't happen unless you are being led by a giant as was the case in 1998 when the Utah Jazz were led by the now late and great Jerry Sloan. We today are dedicating much of our coverage here on KSL News Radio to remembering the life and legacy of Coach Sloan, and that continues in this segment here. We've been combing through old archives throughout the day, and we've been reaching out to leaders of the state, those who have had close contact with the late coach, and uh, what I have for you is to, to start off this segment, I have a compilation of some old news coverage on Coach Sloan. It's poignant, it will stir up some memories, and I, I think it's a pretty good look at the, the life lived by the coach and the way that he, uh, the, the way that he carried himself when leading uh, so much success on the basketball court. Here, uh, uh, just a minute of some old coverage of the late Coach Sloan. Many people know Jerry Sloan as the straight-shooting coach of the Jazz, who's led Utah into the NBA's elite. But older fans remember Sloan from his playing days with the Chicago Bulls, who was one of the league's most ferocious defenders, turning hustle and intensity into an all-star career. Jerry Sloan was probably one of the most tenacious competitors that I've ever seen. He'd get in your, your jockstrap and, and ride you all the way down court. The only person that I can say that I know personally that competed as hard as Michael Jordan was Jerry Sloan. Jerry had very limited ability and got 300% out of whatever ability he had. Sloan was such a tenacious worker on the court that his trademark was planning himself on defense and taking the charge. 
It's pretty good. Uh, Robin Roberts there, I believe, uh, offering that coverage. So now what I want to do, uh, now that we're reminded uh, that Jerry Sloan, not only an astounding coach here in Utah, coaching for 22 years, uh, one of very few coaches to have amassed 1,000 wins with one team, an amazing feat. Uh, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. He's been an Olympic coach. Uh, also a player. N- never forget that. He was the original bull. The original Chicago Bull is described by some the first player to have his number retired. The number four, Jerry Sloan's number, hangs in the rafters uh, of the arena in Chicago today. Uh, pretty astounding thing, and I am uh, I'm embarrassed to uh, have to be reminded of that today. In fact, uh, last week as I was watching uh, The Last Dance, that last episode where you know all of our hearts broke and Jordan hit that shot, I I had forgotten that Sloan himself had played for the Chicago Bulls. Anyway, let me walk through some of the comments made by some of the statements and thoughts and feelings shared by those of the state and beyond. Uh, This one comes from Governor Gary Herbert, a statement he shared on the passing of uh, Jerry Sloan. Governor Herbert says, quote, Jerry Sloan was a fierce competitor and disciplinarian, and he was the heart and soul of the Utah Jazz for years. His emphasis on defense and team play got the most raw talent out of players. He was old school and will be greatly missed. Our prayers are with Jerry Sloan's family and friends as they mourn his passing. Senator Hatch also had something to say. He says, uh, quote, Jerry Sloan will always have a special place in NBA history and in the hearts of all Utahns. He was the dynamic leader who transformed the Utah Jazz from a small franchise team to a perennial powerhouse. His contributions to our state and to the game of basketball will long live on. May God bless Jerry Sloan and all members of the Jazz family. That's pretty good. Those are, again, the words from uh, former Utah Senator Orrin Hatch. Now, the Chicago Bulls, as you remember, I just mentioned, uh, Jerry Sloan played for the Bulls in the late 60s and the 70s, number four two-time NBA All-Star. The Chicago Bulls put out uh, the following statement attributed to uh, Bulls chairman Jerry Reinsdorf uh, released the following statement uh, after he heard news of the passing of Jerry Sloan. It says, quote, Jerry Sloan was the original Bull whose tenacious defense and nightly hustle on the court represented the franchise and epitomized the city of Chicago. Jerry was the face of the Bulls He was the face of the Bulls organization from its inception through the mid-1970s. And very appropriately, his uniform, number four, was the first jersey retired by the team. A great player and a Hall of Fame NBA coach. Most importantly, Jerry was a great person. Our sympathies go out to the Sloan family and all his many fans. The Utah Jazz organization released a statement today. This one's a hard one to read. Uh, the, <laughs> the Utah Jazz organization exists today the way that it does because of Jerry Sloan. He set the tempo. He set the tempo. He set the standard. And the Utah Jazz today on the occasion of Coach Sloan's passing say, quote, Jerry Sloan was, will always be synonymous with the Utah Jazz. He will forever be a part of the Utah Jazz organization, and we join his family, friends, and fans in mourning his loss. We are so thankful for what he accomplished here in Utah and the decades of dedication, loyalty, and tenacity he brought to our franchise. 
our Hall of Fame coach for 23 years, Jerry had a tremendous impact on the Jazz franchise, as expressed by his banner hanging in the arena rafters. His 1,223 Jazz coaching wins, 20 trips to the NBA playoffs, and two NBA Finals appearances are remarkable achievements. His hard-nosed approach only made him more beloved. Even after his retirement, his presence at jazz games always brought a roaring response from the crowd. Like Stockton and Malone as players, Jerry Sloan epitomized the organization. He will be greatly missed. We extend our heartfelt condolences to his wife Tammy, the entire Sloan family, and all who knew and loved him. You heard mentioned there in the statement from the Utah Jazz about the presence of Coach Sloan at jazz games even after his retirement and how they brought a roaring response from the crowd. Earlier this morning I had a conversation with Alex Keery. He's the news director here, or the sports director, I should say, at KSL News Radio. Also uh, the host right now of the Nightside Project and Unrivaled. And for me, he is my go-to. He is, if I have a question about sports anywhere in the world, and specifically here in Utah, it is to Alex Keery uh, that I direct my questions. He and I this morning had a conversation about exactly this notion mentioned in the jazz statement, that of visits to jazz games by then-retired coach Jerry Sloan and the repeated, roaring response from the crowd. In recent years, it's become apparent that the health challenges were creeping up on Coach Sloan. And he didn't spend much time at the games, but when he did, the crowd stood to its feet. Both the home team, the Utah Jazz, and the visitors. They all stood to their feet, cheered, and remembered what a great guy this was, what a great leader in the NBA, what a wonderful coach and mentor to all of his players. Final statement I'll read here comes from the Miller family led today by Gail Miller. It reads, quote, It was an honor and a privilege to have one of the greatest and most respected coaches in NBA history coaching our team. We have appreciated our relationship with Jerry and acknowledge his dedication to and passion for the Utah Jazz. He has left an enduring legacy with, his, with this franchise and our family. The far-reaching impact of his life has touched our city, state, and the world, as well as countless players, staff and fans we pray his family will find solace and comfort in jerry's life the miller family and jazz organization will be proud to honor him with a permanent tribute that's what i've got for you those are the statements which have come from those who knew him those who worked with him and those who respected and honored him and today remember him in his passing uh, if I stand up, if I stand up on my desk right now, <clears throat> as I have told you a number of times, I'm broadcasting from my guest bedroom uh, for the next few weeks at least as we continue the social distancing. But if I stand up on my desk and I crane my neck just right, I can see the Vivint Smart Homes Arena. I can see what was the Delta Center when Jerry Sloan led the Chicago, uh, led, oh, the Chicago Bulls, <laughs> sorry, led the Utah Jazz to two NBA Finals appearances against the Chicago Bulls, and I'm humbled to be so close to that palace where so many great memories and so many great legacies uh, were cemented, all of them led by Coach Jerry Sloan. Today we mourn his passing. We will forever remember his legacy. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we will honor the class of 2020. 
here in the state of Utah as they have had their senior year cut short. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.